Well, hi, friends. Welcome to the Capital City Christian Church Podcast. I'm Chris Taylor, and I'm glad you're listening in today. If this is your first time listening, I'd love to chat with you. So send me an email at hello at capitalcitychristian.org. We're in this series called Not My God, and we're looking at some of the things that get God twisted and scriptures that are misinterpreted. Some of the sayings might be silly, but when you set an expectation for God that God doesn't promise, it can lead to disastrous disappointment that's dangerous for your faith. It doesn't matter what I believe as long as I'm spiritual. I bet you've heard that before, maybe from a kid or maybe a neighbor. Another way that people say that is, there is not absolute truth. You have yours and I have mine. We're living in a world that increasingly believes that it doesn't matter what you believe. But Jesus didn't quite agree. Here's our senior minister, Dr. Stephen Doc Pattison. You guys find that inspiring? Or maybe offensive? Awesome or awful? I know a lot of us love that stuff. Jesus is unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the only one, the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior, he said. Some people, that sounds narrow, judgmental, intolerant. Especially for those who are trying to find God without going through Jesus, right? Is Jesus really the only way? Only way to God. Is he? Now that would be pretty important to know, wouldn't it? Are there other paths to God? You've heard it before. Maybe all roads lead to heaven. Maybe it's okay as long as you believe something and you're sincere. Wouldn't a good God, a good God, give you the benefit of the doubt? A couple of weeks ago, I came across an article in the Los Angeles Times. It was one of their must-reads, July 10, 2019, titled, How Millennials Replaced Religion with Astrology and Crystals. Now, it focuses on millennials, but what they track is true from Americans all the way from their teens up into their 40s. They're turning away from traditional organized religion, like us, like right this, embracing all kinds of alternative spiritualities, even stuff like astrology, meditation, energy healing, and crystals. And guys, they don't care if you think that's weird. In fact, it makes it more fun. It's kind of a fringe benefit. In fact, some of them kind of think it's weird. But they'll try this and they'll try that and take whatever works, toss the rest, thinking that's what spiritually ought to be. Spirituality ought to be, Right? A lot of them, perhaps most of them, were raised in some religion, kind of like this. But when they get older, they kind of decide that what they were raised in no longer represents who they are, doesn't fit them. So more and more, when people are asked about their religious affiliation, they answer none. A few of them would call themselves atheists, others would call themselves agnostics, which basically means I don't know. A whole lot of themselves would call themselves spiritual, just not religious. They believe in a God. They they know something's out there. They, They would want peace with that God, whoever he is. They just don't find it here. In fact, I suspect there may be those in this room who kind of feel that way. In fact, according to the article, a lot of those Gen Zers and Millennials and Gen Xers kind of feel like we've pushed them out. 
We've pushed them out with our attitudes towards the LGBTQ community, our attitudes towards women, our intolerance, our hypocrisies, and by the history of violence that you can track behind Christians. It's really not hard to find reasons to push us away. It's pretty easy. But there's still something in them that pulls them towards God. They're still looking for a sense of meaning and purpose. They still, for, still hunger for the kind of community that a lot of Jesus followers try to live out. So they're trying to f- replace us with something. Something less intolerant, less judgmental. Something more comforting, less demanding. My kind of God. It's called pluralism. And pluralism is just part of the American way now. Pluralism says, I won't diss your religion and you won't diss mine. After all, none of us has a monopoly on the truth, do we? Fundamentally, all religions do lead to the same place, don't they? And it's a little more than what some would call tolerance. It's the idea that all religions are really equally valid. Mine is as good as yours. Yours is as good as mine. So don't judge. Don't be narrow, arrogant, bigoted, exclusivistic. In fact, for the pluralist, intolerance is perhaps the greatest sin. Now, guys, we're in a short little four-week series that we're calling Not My God, Not My God, and we're tackling some of the cultural ideas in our world that flat out clash with following Jesus. Two weeks ago, I have a right to be happy, don't I? My kind of God would want me to be happy. We talked about that. Last week, God will never give you more than you can handle. My kind of God surely would never give you more than you can handle, right? We talked about that last week. If you want to catch up on those things, you can go online. Today, it doesn't really matter what you believe about God as long as you're sincere, really sincere. Because my God wouldn't cast out anyone who was sincerely wrong. And after all, most all roads lead to heaven, don't they? Maybe, maybe not all of them, but surely most of them. And next week, don't judge. Don't judge. My kind of God doesn't want me to judge you, and he certainly doesn't want you to judge me. We'll pick at that one a little bit next week. By the way, back of the room, you can see we've moved it from up here where it used to say prayer. It's now to the back of the room. We have a prayer room back there. All the way through this service, there will be an elder back there who's going to be praying for you guys. And if any of you guys want to pray with him, if you feel like you need some prayer, someone to chat with for a little bit, just make your way to the back of the room. Kind of slip out like you're going to the bathroom or something like that and come in that door and go right, right? And you can go over and you can talk with Melvin and let him pray with you for a bit. Today. It doesn't really matter what you believe about God as long as you're sincere, which makes perfect sense, perfect sense if Jesus was wrong. Makes perfect sense if you don't believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. If Jesus stayed dead, then whatever path you want to try to follow towards God is perfectly fine if it makes you feel good. Man, I understand, I really do understand your desire for purpose and meaning, your desire for some kind of peace with God if there is one out there, really. I can understand your discomfort with us, Jesus followers. We're kind of a mess. So if you think Jesus was wrong, go for it. But you gotta ask the question, what if? What if he was right? 
Because bottom line, guys, we Jesus followers are not nearly as offensive as Jesus was. We're not nearly as narrow and exclusivistic as Jesus was. I'm going to show you. We're going to start here. Sometimes it's all about the tone of voice. I've got on my desk this little tiny Greek-English Bible. It's got Greek on one page, English on the other. I use it a lot, not so much for the English, but sometimes you just want to check what something is in the Greek. So when I open it up to John chapter 8, verse 53, here's what it says in English. Who do you claim to be? Who do you claim to be? Some Jewish leaders are asking Jesus, who do you claim to be? And if you're reading it in that little Greek-English Bible on my desk, in the English, it sounds like they're asking Jesus a question. Like they really want to know. Who do you claim to be? But you can translate the Greek a little differently if you want to. You can translate it, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? That's not a question. That's an accusation. You're a jerk, Jesus. You're an arrogant jerk. Guys, they're not trying to discover who Jesus thought he was. They'd already figured him out. Let me show you why. The thread that leads to this actually goes back to verse 12. John 8 verse 12. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus says. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you're not going to walk in darkness. You're going to have the light that's going to lead you to life. Now let that be as outrageous as it was in your mind. Do you have any idea how arrogant that sounded? How outrageous these words would be on the lips of any man Jesus said, if you want to see God, if you want to find your way to God, follow me. I'm the light. If you don't follow me, you're going to stumble around in the darkness. Follow me, you're going to lose your way. I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world, right? And then this is what they heard Jesus saying, and they say back, Jesus, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're either a lunatic thinking that about yourself or you're just lying like a dog. And guys, that would be your conclusion too. If you heard any other man say something like that, wouldn't it? You skip down a couple verses, verse 23, Jesus just piles it on. He says, you guys, all of you guys, all of you, you're from below. I'm not. I'm from above. You're from below. I'm from above. You belong to this world. I don't. And that's why I said that you're going to die in your sins for unless, listen to this, unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you're going to die in your sins. Was Jesus crazy? Was he lying? Was he right? And they answer, as you would, who are you? Are you really claiming to be who it sounds like you're claiming to be? Who are you, Jesus? And Jesus says, verse 28, you'll see. When you have lifted the Son of Man, when you kill me, you'll see and you'll understand that I am fired him up big time because it kind of sounded like Jesus was claiming God's name the I am of the Old Testament. He's claiming to be God maybe. Well they go back and forth, back and forth till it gets flat out mean. That's when they start calling Jesus names. 
God is our father, they said. Who's your daddy, son of Mary? Who's your father, you illegitimate bastard? That's what they're saying to him. We weren't the ones born of fornication. You were. Jesus doesn't back down an inch. He says, if God were your dad, you'd love me. You know what he just said? If God were your father, you'd love me. If God were your father, you would love me, Jesus says, which is about as narrow as it gets, isn't it? Jesus says, now you're from your real father, the devil, and all you want to do is please him. And guys, they lose it. You probably would too. You Samaritan devil, they say to Jesus. Haven't we been saying all along that you're just demon-possessed? We know who you really are. You're a heretic. You're a deceiver. In fact, you're a demon from hell, Jesus. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? That's not a question. It's an accusation, isn't it? <laughs> because the real Jesus, the real Jesus is flat out offensive. The real Jesus keeps on saying things that no other man would ever say and be sane. Jesus says these things are all over the pages of the Gospels. They're outrageous. Outrageous words, outrageous claims. They're particularly clustered in the Gospel of John. Over and over again, Jesus makes outrageous claims. The kind of claims which if I made them, they'd get me fired on the spot. I hope. The kind of words that if we heard you say them, we'd probably try to have you committed. How about this one? Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He says, anyone who believes in me is going to live even after dying. He says, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. What? Well, they heard what he was saying. They heard him. It's one of the reasons they killed him. Only those who believe in me, he says, although they die like everybody else, they're going to live again. What if he was right? How about this one? This one may be his worst. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way. I am the truth, the truth. I am the life. And then he says, no one, no exceptions, no one comes to the Father, God, without going through me. Really? How does that mesh with there are many paths to God? Jesus says, I'm the way. Some people say truth is relative. You make up your own truth. It really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Jesus says, I am the truth. People will tell you life is short. Play hard. Jesus says, I am the life. What if he was right? See, some people today want to call Jesus one of the great religious teachers, but they don't want to bend their knees to him. They want to respect Jesus. They just don't want to follow him. That's crazy. With Jesus, you either bend your knees or you go to war. You bend your knees or you hope he's still dead. There's no middle ground. 
C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest teachers, said a man who is merely a man said the kind of things Jesus said would not be a great teacher. He'd either be a lunatic on a level with a man who calls himself a poached egg or else he'd be a devil of hell. You got to make a choice. Who do you think he is? Jewish leaders got it. They understood what he was saying and they wanted to spit on him and kill him as a demon and they did. See, Jesus just kept on saying all this outrageous stuff. A lot of times people in our world try to make him this really nice guy going around preaching love and all that kind of stuff. But if Jesus was just really a nice guy going around preaching love and all that stuff, they never would have crucified him as a liar, a deceiver, and a devil. This is the kind of stuff Jesus kept saying. He said stuff like this. He says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. Really? He says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I came to set a man against his dad, a daughter against her mom. He says, your enemies are going to be right in your own household because of me. And he did it. You can see those wars in some of the families in this church family. Jesus says this. He says, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth stands for me here. I will stand for that person before my Father in heaven. But, he says, everyone who denies me here on this earth, I'm going to deny that person before my Father in heaven. Is he right? What if he is? What if that is God's truth? What would it be worth to you to know that? What would it be worth to you as a parent or as a friend to know that? John is one of the apostles. He was one of his followers. John bought it. John puts it like this. He says, for God so loved the world. <laughs> God so loved dorks like you and me, right? That he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever, that's all inclusive, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then he goes on to say this just a few verses later. Whoever believes in the Son, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever rejects the Son, whoever will not see life because God's wrath remains on them. Now is John just intolerant and offensive? Or is he simply conveying God's grace and God's truth? Peter, another one of Jesus' disciples, he denied Jesus three times because he figured that if they could kill Jesus, he couldn't be God until God raised him from the dead, kind of changed things. And here's what he says. He says, there's salvation in no one else. No one else. God, the Father, has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Is Peter just intolerant and offensive or is it that having seen a dead Jesus alive again, he is telling us about God's grace and God's truth? Paul, the Apostle Paul, started out as a Jesus hater. He ended up as the greatest missionary of the early church. Here's Paul's conclusion. He says there's just one God, guys. There's just one God. We all know that. There's just one mediator who can reconcile God and man. The man, the man Christ, Jesus. 
What if they're right? What if they're right? Guys, what if there really is a God? <laughs> the idea that there's a God makes, makes way more sense to me than the idea that all of this just popped into existence on its own out of nothing. I think it takes a whole lot more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a believer in God. And what if God really did create us, humans, special? What if he gave to us the capacity for relationship? God made us to need each other, to complete each other. More than that, God made us to desire him and need him. He gave us the ability to live in his presence and to draw on his strength. That is mind-blowing. And what if God gave us these unique image of God-like capacities for beauty and for hope and for joy? Have you ever thought about how amazing those gifts that God has given us are? And what if his greatest gift to us was the capacity to choose freedom to choose. Of all of the creatures on this earth, we humans can choose for God or we can choose against him. God lets us do that. That makes us moral creatures. We can choose right or wrong of all the creatures of the earth, right? What if we chose badly? That's been your own experience with God. What if we still do? I mean, God calls it sin. We know what our creator wants us to do, calls us to do, and we do otherwise. I choose sin a lot. Every day. So do you. And what if that sin that we choose creates a chasm between us and God? A chasm that we can't cross on our own. We can't fix what we broke. We can't make up for the evil that we have done. I can't undo what I have done. And I cannot force God to accept me anyway. Because he's God and I'm not. And what if, this is the craziest part. What if instead of blowing us off or blowing us away, what if God just keeps on loving us anyway? Why would he do that? <laughs> and since our creator knows that we can't fix what we broke, what if he decided to fix it for us? Why? I don't know. There is nothing so crazy, so mind-bending, so absurd as the grace of our God. And what if, what if, what if God sent his own son? He sent his own son to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin, to fix what we broke. And what if all that he requires that we do is to put God back in his rightful place in our life through his son? Who'd make up a story like that? It's too crazy. A God that big, caring for creatures as little and as broken as us, a God willing to die for his creation. What other religion looks through God through a lens of such staggeringly amazing grace? What if, what if God really did raise Jesus from the dead? Wouldn't that mean that as crazy as Jesus talked, he was right? Wouldn't it mean that he probably really is the light of the world, that he probably really is the resurrection and the life, that he is the way to God, the truth of God, the life that God meant us to live? 
Guys, we Jesus followers aren't trying to be arrogant, intolerant, narrow, bigoted, exclusivistic. We just think Jesus was right. We think that's what God was telling us when God raised Jesus from the dead. And if that's God's truth, then it's not grace to say it otherwise. Guys, if my kid is dying of a superbug and a doctor tells me that there's just one antibiotic that can cure it, what would you think of me if I just blew him off? Come on, doc, doesn't matter what medication I use as long as I sincerely believe that it'll work. How's that going to work for you? Or what if you got the opportunity to sit right behind the Dallas Cowboys bench, Hard Rock Stadium, Miami, Florida, February the 2nd, 2020. It's coming, guys, Super Bowl, right? Dallas Cowboys against the Cleveland Browns. All right? Cowboys are going to win probably about 30 to 10. <laughs> and I say, you've got that opportunity. How amazing is that? You just, you can't find it. Just drive north to get to the Canadian border and you can't miss the game because it doesn't matter what I believe as long as I'm sincere. Well, sometimes it does. Two plus two can be whatever you want it to be, right? As long as you're sincere convince the bank of that one. Guys, there are truths that are true, and they're always true for everyone, everywhere, all the time. They don't change whether you believe in them or not. They're just there. They're foundational. This is a foundational truth that God has given to us. Jesus is the way God gave us to find him. He is the truth that you've been looking for. He is the life that God meant you to live. Do you believe that? We have an enemy. He's a liar, a deceiver, and a destroyer. His mission in this world is to drag you away from God. He hates you because he hates whatever God loves. And if he can convince you that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere, he's got you. If he can convince your kids of that, if he can convince your grandkids of that, he's got them. If he can convince us that all roads lead to heaven so you don't need Jesus, he wins. And he's got too many of us. He's got too many of our kids. Do you know what's at stake? Do you understand how much this stuff matters? So which is it for you? It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere or I am the way, the truth, and the life and you only get to the Father by going through Jesus. Does it matter? Hell. Yeah, it matters. If Jesus was right, I want my kids with Jesus. I want your kids with Jesus. I want you with Jesus. I want to be with him. This stuff matters, guys. For God so loved the world, he so loved dorks like us, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in Jesus, whoever, it's grace, shall not perish but have eternal life. That is God's grace. And that is God's truth. 
There is salvation in no one else, no one else. God has given no other name, no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. That is grace, guys. And it's truth. There's just one God. And there's just one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. The man, the man Christ, Jesus. Grace and truth. And I know it's offensive to so many. I know that if you believe this stuff, if you say this stuff, you're going to be swimming against the current in our world. And they're going to poke at you. But don't back down. It's God's grace. And it's God's truth for every single one of us, for every single one of them. And there's way too much at stake. Will you pray with me? Father, sometimes truth is hard. So we'd rather make up our own. What good's that going to do? Ultimately, our God, you are the one who gets to determine what's ultimately right and wrong. And if you point a path towards yourself, and we want on it, and we want those that we love on it. Give us wisdom. Give us grace. Give us a fierce loyalty to you. We want to be Jesus followers. God, I suspect there are people in this room that haven't started this path yet and I just pray that you'll rattle their hearts until they bend their knees to you that's where life starts help them to taste your grace the amazing life that can come from that a life that lasts forever Father help us to stand tall for you every day in the name of Christ we pray Amen